Hello and welcome to another episode of Ayodele Speaks. I'm Ayodele Harrison. So what came to mind this morning, I was working out just this idea of judgment versus evaluation and it's self-judgment versus self-evaluation. So I've been doing a lot of work and thinking about how do I continue to motivate myself drive myself, stay passionate about the things I'm passionate. Hey, if you didn't know, passionate about helping black men in education win. And I, some, a few years ago, and I've talked about this on previous episodes, a few years ago, I, you know, taken a course on compassion and self-compassion. And, you know, one of the things, like when I sit with that term originally a few years ago, self-compassion really meant to like, you know, take it easy on yourself, right? To, You know, like, and if I am taking it easy on myself, how am I then motivating or pushing myself to get better? And so there was this idea that like, I, well, one, I didn't fully understand what self-compassion meant, right? And um, some have defined it as um, a consistent act act of kindness towards or acting of kindness towards oneself. And you know, sometimes seeing like acting kind to yourself for me, it's just kind of like, yeah, I get that. That's great. But that ain't going to pay the bills, right? Because it is a part of, it is completely opposite of the notion that I often hear in motivational videos and people having slogans and t-shirts. It's like, you got to grind. You got to grind hard. You got to grind. You got to grind. You got to push yourself. You got to sacrifice. I remember having a coach tell me that if you're not playing, you know, when I play football in college, if you're not playing in pain, you're not playing this game right. And so I had this huge buildup of lived experiences, narratives, social conditioning to, I got to push myself to my ultimate end. I got to sacrifice. I got to be pain. And anything else was considered weakness, right? Don't be soft. Don't be a wimp. And then there's other words, the derogatory words that we would use towards each other that were, you know, inappropriate. We would call each other, you know, female genitalia. We would talk about, you know, your sexual prowess, whether you're a man or not, all that conditioning. And so a few years ago, when I met this term self-compassion, I was like, ah, whatever. Yeah, that ain't for me. Right. And I was just like kindness towards myself. Man, if that's the case, I'd be in the bed all day doing nothing, eating bonbons, which I don't even know if they make bonbons anymore, but that's just an expression from the 90s, eating bonbons, just getting bigger, taking bags of chips, like just taking it easy on myself, and which some might classify as like self-care. And I just realized like that wasn't registering with me. And I was just like, well, you know, so I I had to take some time to really, because self-compassion is much more than that. It's more of like how we think about ourselves. So it's less of things we do for ourselves to, to survive or to calm our bodies. That's a part of it, but it's also investigating the way that we think about ourselves, right? The way we think about our thinking, the way we process ideas. One of the things is that, you know, we often say, and you know, is we're in control. Like <laughs> I'm in a hundred percent control and I can affect the environment or, you know, things that are in front of me. When in actuality, yes, there are a few things that I can control and I need to be fully aware of them, but there's a lot of things that I was holding on to that I couldn't control. And part of an exercise or a practice of self-compassion is releasing our grip on those things that we don't have control over. 
So I started to learn like, okay, so what does it mean to be self-compassion? What does it mean to act in this way, to act in this sort of kindness? And so it brings me to this morning and it well, I, I've been listening to a lot of podcasts about that. Um, I, I listened to one with, I think I said this on a previous episode, Brene Brown and Tim Ferriss talked about uh, self-complacency and self-celebration or something like that, which was this idea of, you know, caring for yourself, nurturing yourself, acknowledging when you won, but then also being aware of how you're feeling, how you're doing and aware of what is healthy motivation and what might not be healthy, you know, might be unhealthy. And so this morning got to this place of, I hope this thing didn't just cut off because Anyway, <laughs> this morning, let me see the timing here. Thank you for your patience. I might have lost some of that, but hey, it's all right. Because um, someone called me. But actually, not someone. My mom called me. So I don't know. Sometimes the recording stops. But let me just get back into it. So this morning, what came to mind is, is just new thinking. Just non-judgment or judgment versus uh, evaluation. And I was just trying to tickle out in my mind, like some of what, how I haven't been kind to myself is that I've been putting a lot of judgment on the results that I get or the actions that I take. And I was wondering, what does it mean to become a more effective evaluator? Because judgment, I think in my mind, is something that's subjective, right? Like it's it's a it's opinion, it's attached, or it 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 could it it denotes, if I'm using that word correctly, connects to like subjective observation, right? It's someone's opinion, right? When I was thinking that evaluation of self is might be a better way to think about self improvement. Right. And so it's self-evaluation and that's more of the objective. And then I was thinking before I hit, you know, record here, I was thinking like, okay, so when I've been evaluated, right, how has how have we minimized the subjectivity and increased the objectivity? Right. And so with that, it's important to have standards of evaluation. It's important to agree to those standards of evaluation and agree to what it then looks like, feels like, sounds like. So we have this standard, we agree to it, and then we figure out like, okay, so the measuring device, how do we know when it shows up? What is it gonna look like, feel like, sound like when it shows up? And I think by taking that approach in evaluation, we minimize the amount of subjectivity and we, increased the amount of objectivity. Now, don't get me wrong. There's always, you know, how people view things. It's always going to be different from two people, especially if someone is being observed, you know, and so by another it happens all the time on our jobs and teaching, you know, nurse, you know, whatever profession you're in, you get evaluated. And I think, you know, we have to be careful with that because some of the systems that are in place are very subjective, right? And it's not always clear how you're being evaluated. And some of that comes from one, not fully understanding what's expected, not necessarily agreeing that that's 
how you should demonstrate mastery or understanding or learning or whatever. And then not a, uh, 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 a clear understanding of what, it's, what it looks like. And so there's, you know, there is still some subjectivity in there, but we reduce it the more and increase the objectivity when we're able to go through those things. And so I was thinking like, for me and thinking like this, like I want to move away from judgment, self-judgment, because I feel like that is lying more in the space of like really getting put positioning me to get down on myself. Right. And I want to move over towards evaluation. But then I was thinking like, okay, so now what I have to do is take the time to come up with my standards. Right. Think about them, write them, be clear. What are my standards? What are the expectations? What are my goals? The objectives that I might have? People say this all the time, write down smart goals, so on and so forth. Right. And then come up with a clear rubric on what it's going to look like, feel like, sound like to get there. And that might position me to be less judgmental, but yet still be motivated. Because, again, the key is like I, I want to move to a life or to a practice of being more consistent in living more fully consistent in my relationships and the way that I communicate and those types of things. Right. With my daughter, with my my wife, my son, my mom, the rest of my family, the community that I have, my colleagues. Right. And so there's there's this consistency that I want. And, and I also still want to like I want to go get it. Right. Like I want to get out there, and go get it. Like, I, you know, I have I have visions, I have dreams and I have plans I set up set forward. I want you know, I want to do some creative, you know, passionate things. And so I, I want to keep that energy. Right. But what I want to do is make sure it's healthy energy that's driving me and not harmful. Now, don't get me wrong. When I'm in a when I'm in a place of I think energy all energy is good energy when we're, well, I'm not going to say, well, that's kind of hard to say that all energy is good energy, but all energy is energy, right? And even, there are times when I'm in a place of survival. I just need to get through the moment that I need to adopt that mindset of suck it up. Let's do it. Like it's going to be hard. It's going to be painful. It's going to be long. You're not going to like it. Let's go ahead and do it. You got to want it more than you want to breathe, Right. That, that's always going to be in my toolbox because I, I need that to get moving because because many times my survival is going to depend upon it. As we move, there's other situations where I want to thrive, right? So I'm, I'm, I'm at a place where I feel secure. I feel safe. I feel okay. I feel on balance, right? But I'm seeking more. So my mindset has to then, I, I want to encourage myself to 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 shift that to a place of thriving, right? And the way that I'm going to do that is to, I think, release some of that judgment and look more to evaluation. So it's more of a cognitive process. It's more of a response rather than a reaction, right? In in my mind. So that's just what I I was thinking is like, you know, that, that place of you know, because we need all of those tools. We need, I mean, I, I'm human, right? I, there's no way that I can't be judgmental. There's, there's no way. I can try and reduce it and create the conditions where I'm, I'm always holding that in check. But, you know, there's always going to be a time where, like, that's a skill that I need. You know, that's a, that's a skill or a practice or a thought process I need to tap into to get myself moving. 
Because sometimes, you know what? <laughs> when, I, when I haven't been on my game of exercising, eating right, I got to look in the mirror and say, Nero, you got to get your shit together. Yeah, you're looking bad. Like, I need that. <laughs> right? I need that. And that's really important because that's, that's the kick in the pants that I need. But then there's also times where I have been eating right, exercising, getting my sleep and getting my stretch and doing all those things. And I still and I look in the mirror and I still I might not see I might not see the results that I feel. And then I get this. I can get disappointed. That's where I need to go to evaluation and not judgment. But, but that that's a tricky mind. That's a cut. That's a, a, a front frontal lobe thinking piece where I got to say, no, uh-uh, we got to evaluate in that moment. Nope. Have you been doing this, doing that, doing that, doing that? Okay. How are you feeling? Okay. But sometimes that judgment comes into play when how I feel doesn't match with how I look or how I perceive myself. So, man, I'm, I'm just really, I'm working on that, right? That balance because I want to stay motivated. I want to stay working hard. I want to have that drive. I want to be disciplined, you know? And I think sometimes the hardest time for me to remain disciplined is when how I feel in my actions, oh, but this might be it, when how I feel in my actions aren't resulting in the the look that I want, right? I remember, you know, even in projects that I had, I, I remember a couple years ago when I started my compassion-based meditation journey, like studying mindfulness, I remember I was like, oh my gosh, this is, this is so great. This is helping me, bringing calm, all this other kind of stuff. Athletes, high school athletes need this. And I remember, you know, I told my wife, I said, you know what, I, I want to I wanna have a seminar where I talk to high school athletes about mindfulness, right? And she was like, okay, cool, you know, it was going to be free, found a location at the library, did all this work to create this presentation, everything in place. I, I sent out emails, massive. I had a website built. It was called Master the Grind. I think it might even still be live, masterthegrind.com. I, like I had all this stuff ready to go. I had the language, all the actions, had it posted, had a free site, had 150 seats in the room, right? Bright, great location. I'm here in Atlanta, Georgia, but more specifically, city of South Fulton. It was at the Wolf Creek Library. Beautiful, beautiful facility. Ready to go. Clicker ready. Music ready. Snacks ready. My wife is here, and one other brother showed up to support. Oh, that was uh, Franz. Front man, Franz Kenny, showed up. Drove all the way up from McDonough to my, my neck of the woods. Showed up and was like, man, I'm here for it. And then another good friend and colleague, she, she came in a little bit after the, the quote-unquote start time. There was only three people there. Had a 150 seats set. Three people there, right? And people that I knew that were, that were you know, supporters of me. No one else showed up. No one else showed up. So again, my actions were right. 
my behavior was good. I was feeling great. But then the outcome, the look of it, no one showed up. And what was so interesting was that, like, my, my friend Shakita was like, well, you know, show me, go through, because she works with, you know, youth um, around the city of Atlanta and South Fulton and Fulton County and Clayton County. And she was like, well, go through it. And I, and I just, and I was like, uh, uh, okay. So then I took my 30 minutes or so, and I went through the presentation with just two people in the room. And I'm glad I went through it. There was places that I could grow and get better. But, like, that was where, you know, judgment started to seep in, right? Judgment, self-judgment and self-doubt started to creep in. And it was just kind of like, you know, I forgot exactly how I felt because I, I did some work around that. But I'm sure, I'm sure I was sad, you know, and was just... I'm sure other people were disappointed, not disappointed in me, but just kind of like, man, this is, you know, all this prep work and nothing happened. And, you know, some people on the back end, I mean, it's, it's just how this work of consulting, service delivery, of presenting, sharing ideas, it's just how it goes. And what I had to, to realize was that just because no one showed up, right, didn't mean that I was any less successful in terms of my preparation and readiness to exceed, to succeed, to excel. But yeah, where, where we fell short was probably marketing, right? And timing and communications. Thought I did enough, thought people had signed up, you know, to come. But quite honestly, it is really, really hard to get people to show up. It's, it's really hard, especially... I mean, you know, especially if it's, if, you know, there, there are, I'm learning now, there are, there are ways, like there are, you can use big names, you can, you know, make sure that you, you know, work with, uh, you know, people who organize people, like membership groups who, you know, think it's a priority and are strongly encouraged, like you have people working for you to get folks there, right? So, because if you don't have a product like, you know, that, that pe- and then also it's about making a, a product that people feel like they can't live without, right? So how do, you, how, do you, how do you do that? How do you live without that? And sometimes a lot of that is teaching people about it. This is why infomercials do what they do, where they show you like how hard it is to mop your floor, then they give you a solution because they got to teach you in a, in a short moment of like the problem that you're, challenge or pain point that you're experiencing and here's how what I can do can deliver and that's a lot of that is marketing and storytelling and then communicating it out and so I could have done better there but in terms of my preparation for the actual event it was on point I thought and so I have to evaluate different areas so that I can reduce the amount of judgment you know I forgot how long ago that was I think that was in 2000. 17, you know, fast forward to 2019 when we held our first live event. We did this work and learning from what I learned from there. I was doing work with black male educators and, you know, we had a partnership with ASCD and did a live event there. 40 brothers showed up. Then we was like, okay, well, hey, they showed up. They bought tickets. People paid. You know, my first event where no one showed up, it was free. I thought it'd be packed in there. Nope. Paid got better, improved. So it wasn't that I wasn't doing the right, it's like there, there was areas of continued growth and so I had to evaluate what didn't go well, what didn't go, what did go well and take away and try and reduce the amount of self-judgment or doubt or saying, hey, 
you're not good enough to do this. Then 2020, we had 75 brothers show up to an event in Atlanta. I had in L.A. I had an event later, you know, in March of 2020 as well, just before or just as the pandemic was shutting down the globe. Had 15 guys show up to that. And now in 2022, you know, then we have the leadership lab. And, you know, in 2022, as you guys have been hearing, I have this whole new series of leadership development summer opportunities coming up. And we're about to launch this March. And it's like, here's another opportunity. So it's just it's just growth. Right. And so I'm just just really reflecting on this idea of, you know, judgment, self-judgment versus self-evaluation. And I want to get better at being aware and noticing when I'm doing one or the other and then putting practices in place to make sure that I have choice in doing one or the other and how being fully conscious of and and intentional about how I'm using those, because that is a practice of self-compassion is I have some intentionality and I have some choice in this matter. I have some perspective on things. So anyway, so that's just what I was thinking this morning. Thanks for taking the ride with me. Hey, if you got any comments, you know, if you've been thinking about that or on your journey as well, man, drop a drop a note in the comments. Um, let me know what's going on with you. All right. Uh, until uh, as, as I've always said before, if you want to learn about those uh, summer learning opportunities, uh, please make sure you stay connected to the BMS Talk newsletter. You can go on our website, bmstalk.com, to sign up for the newsletter. We'll let you know when, when, when the big launch in March comes for the opportunity to bring black men together to, we've created a, a table for ourselves, a table for learning, a table for networking, a table for growing, and a table to motivate us to go out and encourage us and give us the skills and discipline to go out and lead. Anyway, I'm Ayadeli. That's another episode of Ayadeli Speaks. Till next time, peace.